0: peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text is the reading from Acts chapter 2. Please be seated. Well, brothers and sisters, our Lord Jesus does exactly what he promises. He sends the Holy Spirit to convict sinners of their guilt before God, then bring glory to Jesus, to bear witness to our Lord's Good Friday death for all sinners, and then to deliver all the benefits of that Good Friday death to sinners who believe in him through the preaching of the gospel and holy baptism. And so in Acts 2, this is precisely what happens. 120 disciples of Jesus are together in a single room. And then there is the sound of great rushing wind and tongues of fire resting on each one of them. Jesus blows his spirited breath over his little church in Jerusalem. He'd already done this with his apostles on that first Easter evening, you remember, when he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, tasking them with forgiving sinners by his word of absolution. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. Remember that, John 20? But now seated at the right hand of God, the Father, the ascended and glorified Lord, breathes out on his church, and with his breath comes the fire of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, is the breath of Jesus and the breath of the church. The Holy Spirit is the one who breathes life into dry, dusty, dead bones. He raises the dead from sin and death through the preaching of the gospel because faith comes by hearing, Romans 10. The Holy Spirit enlivens, enlightens, and gathers. So as God breathed into Adam, And Adam became a living being. So now Jesus breathes life into his little church in Jerusalem. And his church is indeed enlivened, enlightened, and gathered. The Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters, gives breath to the church's preaching. In order to speak, one has to have breath. And so Jesus breathes into his church, not for the church's sake, but for the sake of the world. As Jesus died for the world and lives for the world, So the Holy Spirit is a gift to the world through the church. Filled with the Holy Spirit, the church cannot be silent. The church becomes a speaking, preaching, proclaiming church. Incredibly, the church's preaching through her ministers is custom fit to the ears of the hearers. Because in Acts chapter 2, people had come from all over the known world, each with their own language dialect and culture. All you have to do is uh, walk through a major airport like O'Hare in Chicago, and you'll get the idea of what that crowd in Jerusalem probably looked like and sounded like in Acts 2. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, Mesopotamians, Judean, Cappadocians, Asians, Phrygians, Pamphylians, Egyptians, Libyans, Cyrenians, Romans, Cretans, Arabs. Talk about diversity. But here's the kicker. As the apostles preach, all hear the same good news of Jesus in their own tongue or their own language. It's as though someone had strapped on a set of headphones as they do at the United Nations. You ever seen that? And everyone heard Peter and the other apostles speaking in their own native tongues. These were Galilean men, fishermen, marginally educated men who normally spoke just Aramaic and maybe a smattering of Greek along maybe with some synagogue Hebrew that they learned as children. This is truly a miracle in Acts 2. It's a preaching miracle. Some of the most elitist deep state bureaucrats and their media cronies contend that the preachers in Acts 2 are drunk. At 9 AM? Yeah, right. I think you all know either from experience or at least from watching people, that speaking skills do not improve when you are drunk. And in addition, the the bars aren't even open yet. The preaching here at Pentecost isn't the result of alcoholic spirits, small s spirits, but capital Holy Spirit. The creative breath of Jesus glowing through his church and out into the world, making all things new in the death and the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is absolutely incredible. Can you imagine being a part of that humongous crowd, hearing the death and resurrection of Jesus preached for you in your very own language? And then in the last part of Acts chapter 2, at the end of all the Pentecost preaching, 3,000 are baptized in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's Luke's shorthand way of emphasizing that these people receive baptism in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Luke's pushing Jesus' divine name and its benefits in baptism. Because when you're baptized in the name of the Son, you're baptized in Jesus' name and all that goes with his divine and saving name. So baptized into Jesus' name, the 3,000 received the Good Friday forgiveness that Jesus won for all. In addition, baptized in the Holy Spirit's name, the Holy Spirit, the UPS or FedEx delivery man of the Holy Trinity, delivers and unpacks Christ's Good Friday forgiveness. So, salvation, forgiveness achieved on the cross by Jesus. Salvation, forgiveness, delivered in holy baptism by the Holy Spirit. And the 3,000, as they believed, so they had. And guess what? So too today with Trip Michael and Riggins Gregory. Their baptisms today, are you listening? Their baptisms today was a little Pentecost. Oh, of course you didn't hear loud wind and you didn't see tongues of fire. Nonetheless, when a person is baptized in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, that person is baptized by God himself. Each person of the Holy Trinity today gave himself to Tripp and to Riggins. The Father promised to be Father for them. Jesus, the Son, promised that his Good Friday forgiveness and salvation counts for those two boys. The Holy Spirit promised to give them the new birth and renewal, Titus 3, or as Jesus put it to Nicodemus in John 3, born again by water and of the Spirit. New birth, born again. And that's spelled what? F A I T H. Trippin' and Riggins, there you have it. New creations, little born againers, faithers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now they are the Lord's hangers on, they are the Lord's disciples. Thanks to the Holy Spirit, who is the Lord and giver of life. Let's push it a little further, shall we? Every Sunday here at Trinity, even if there isn't baptisms going on, is in fact a little Pentecost. Because every Sunday, when this kid that grew up in Wyoming preaches the gospel in a language that you can understand, English, at least I think you can, The Holy Spirit is at work. Every time that this kid who grew up in Wyoming tells you that Jesus died for you and that Jesus rose from the dead for you, that his body and blood are for you, and that you are completely forgiven and have eternal life for our Lord's sake, the Holy Spirit is being breathed out by Jesus into your ears and into your hearts. Oh, yes. Pentecost takes place here every Sunday in the divine service and it's all for you. Yes, the ongoing work and life of Pentecost is not in the wind, it's not in the fire, but it's the Holy Spirit-filled word that repents you from your sins, that then faiths you in Jesus for forgiveness, life, and salvation. And then on the last day, the Holy Spirit continues his work. Your bodies will be raised from the dead and you will be given life everlasting bodily with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. What joy! What Pentecost joy! In the name of Jesus. Amen.